on-site podcasts, industry experts, unfiltered opinions. Log on to www.knowyourselfouthere.com to watch or listen to the big catalogue of episodes on the Know Yourself Out Here network. We are recording live from Levi's House of Strauss. The conversation is on-site. If you are a regular listener, a regular watcher, you know that you see me sitting in the seat or you hear my voice, SK Vibe Maker. I would like to refer to myself as an expert and that's not gas talk i know my stuff and if you listen to prior episodes that's i'm really starting with the gas today innit? i'm really starting with the gas but you just need to understand that when i sit down in this seat i have special guests with me guests that know what they're talking about we have jb made it he's in the building what's going on what's happening you're right <laughs> we have guilty beats in the building what's good my brother when yeah. we're talking about JB, we're talking about a producer based in the UK who has produced for some of your favourite artists, man. We're talking about RV and Heady One. We're talking about Central C. We are talking about Unknown T. We are also talking about Drake and we are talking about French Montana. This guy has plaques on his walls. He is a happy guy. When he came in the building today, he was smiling and we could see that the jury is shining too. Come on, man. You already know. Jeez. <laughs> when we talk about Guilty Beats, we are talking about a producer who has produced for some of the finest artists. In the UK, he's produced for Shabo. He's produced for um, Georgia Smith. And he's produced a lot for Mr. Easy. He has produced for Beyonce. He has produced a whole project for Thames. This guy is Grammy nominated. I mean, it's illustrious. Did I get it right? You did. Jesus. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so this is the point where I give you guys the opportunity to fill in the gaps just in case I miss some stuff and they really need to know about you, man. Guilty Beats, if they're looking up for you today, maybe they don't go on the wiki, maybe they don't do the Google properly, but they need to know about Guilty Beats. How do you kind of explain your part, your imprint in this music game? I mean, I'm from Ghana, starting from there. Um, I grew up there. I, I was born in Italy. And I grew up in Ghana and um, um, yeah, did most of my life there. Started music there when I was 13 and producing on mobile phones like, you know, Sony Ericsson. They have this app that you can just like make beats on and I was using the loops to make beats that my friends used to do like rap battles and all of that with them. So that's where the interest grew and then I got into... In some way, somehow, things were just like working out. I just, my dad got this desktop computer. I got to install um, FL Fruity Loops on it. And then me and my friends were just figuring things out. Last time, I think Fruity Loops 3 or something like that, that, that just came out. You know, we're able to get it. We're just figuring things out. And, uh, you know, because it's exciting, I kept enjoying, I wasn't tired of doing it. I felt like, I think by the time I was 19, I was like, this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And it kept going, you know. I started producing for Sarkodie. I mean, back in the days, like a lot of like artists in Ghana. And, you know, as people were recommending me, like, yo, you need to go work with this guy. Oh, you need to go work with this guy. That's how, like, I grew with my connects and... Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> You're here right now. And we're happy to have you in the building, trust me. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be a lot of inspiring talk today. Mm -hmm. So JB, you know I mean? When it comes to you, like how do you kind of like push your chest out and say, this is what I've done, this is why I'm here? Um, do you know what? <clears throat> For me, I'm quite... Um, I don't really like talking about my achievements too tough. I'll be honest, I'm not really the type to say, all right, cool, you know, I've done this, I've done that. Um, but for me, um, again, you know, my, my credit list is, you know, um, 
better than actually I thought I would get in this game really and truly like you know um, so you know the likes of Drake French Montana Unknown T Central C Chief Keith um, who else have done Port of Paper some people don't even know I've done Port of Paper like when back in the 24 mixtape that was the first time I ever had a track that you know was actually released um, and I think that was I think that was the, my second million that happened I think after you know attempted but um yeah, I've done I've done a lot in in this career in a short career of time. Um and for me, um just, you know, growing up from where I'm growing up from, um Croydon, you know, South London, um, for me the opportunities to do production, there wasn't a lot of people that done production around me. Mm-hmm. Um everyone was more like live. So you know, I was inspired to do music because of my church drummer, you know, he used to bang the drums like he was probably the best drummer I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um and he, you know, he kind of inspired me to get into, you know, drumming and then from drumming you know, always had an interest in music and then it wasn't until, you know, my boy just said, you know, boom, let's, um, <laughs> you know, let's just make a track in my PE shorts and that, blood. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sick, <laughs> sick. Trust me, bro, it's, it's madness. It's, how, it's mad how serendipity actually happens. So, really, it's kind of funny because it's funny that you said 19 is when you kind of said, okay, cool, I want to do this for the rest of my yeah. life because that's the same age that I kind of said it myself. Around about 18, 19, because I was going to do semi-pro football. And, oh, and then I made a decision between, you know, doing football. Do I want to run for the rest of my life or do I want to make music for the rest of my life? And you know what, bro? I'm so happy I didn't do the running thing. Car, you see, now the injuries that I'm getting is ridiculous. My career would have been done. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I picked the right choice, man. So we're here. Shout out to all those who are definitely listening or watching today and they might be actually nursing a bad head or injuries because they were at Notting Hill Carnival in West London. <laughs> Something that goes on every year at the end of August. It is a fantastic occasion. It's been missing for a couple of years because of COVID. You know what I'm saying? So there was no Notting Hill Carnival 2021 and 2020, but it came back for 2022. Very strong. When I say I was in these streets on both days, I was in these streets. You know what I'm saying? I was in these streets. Sunday is a family day, so that's when you take it a bit calm. Monday is what they call the adult day, is when everyone goes crazy. Now, the crowds this year at Notting Hill Carnival were massive. They usually have an average of 2 million people. There was a lot more than that, I reckon, this year. Seriously? You know Whoa. what I'm saying? There was a lot more, man. I was sardined in these streets. I go to the yeah. sound systems, a few sound systems, King Tubbies. I like to go to um, Rampage Sound. I like to go to Digital Soundboy, that's Shy FX and them. And I'm about, do you know what I'm saying? There's a few other sound systems as well. I was in Horniman's Pleasance as well. But um, trying to get around this year at Carnival was manic. What was your not in all Carnival experience like this year, Gilly Beats? Bro, I tried to not get like, because I, I think I have like this social anxiety stuff, but I wanted to be there and experience. I want to hear some music. I want to hear some soccer stuff. And yeah, I was just there for like an hour and was getting like... Oh my god! I was like, yeah, I need to. <laughs> I need to You're feeling a bit of anxiety, a little bit. Yeah, I was just. I think when it's too many people and like mm. too many, like I guess I don't know noise and everybody's like around you, all of that. I just felt a bit. People might be. But like, it was nice. They though. might be surprised I, I, you being the producer saying that you don't like loud music like it's, that. Is I know it's it's just strange. <laughs> it's just strange because I play music loud in the studio mm-hmm. and all that. Like I DJ in front of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, even before I go on stage, I need to like, you know, just prepare my mind and make sure that I'm good, like, Jonathan. So it was only mm. your second time at Nottingham Carnival, right? Yeah, that's my second time. I, I don't know. I, th- I think I might go again, yeah. I think. <laughs> you know, like, people go to Carnival for different motives. Some people mm-hmm. go for the food. Some people go for the community. Some people mm-hmm. go to look girls. Some people even go for trouble. Now, like, when I went to Nottingham Carnival, I didn't see no trouble at all. 
there was a few incidences and people like to, the news outlets like to concentrate on like the, the, the less than 1% of the incidences, the negative incidences that happened. But when I was there, all I saw was happy people in the street, mm -hmm. rejoicing together, community, flags, yeah. singing music, dancing, vibes in. There was people that fell off of a bus stop and crushed people, and that's not that's ideal. Do you know what And you learned that day because until you was, hey. but when you was out there on a bus stop, you thought, yeah, it's all good, but you didn't think in your mind that this bus stop could collapse and the people under underneath could get crushed. Fortunately, nobody like got serious injuries. Yeah, how did so. they even get on top of that? It's, it's I mean, there's a way. There's, when there's a world, there's a way, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, crazy. it's it's crazy the things you can do at carnival, bro. Trust me. The rain nephews just gives you that quick, like you know, twenty percent boost. Like you start jumping higher than you ever jumped before. Trust me. You see, my key thing on when I go not in old carnival, yeah, is I like to. This is in life when I drink. Mm. Is ride the wave, don't get swallowed and drown in the wave. So mm. I don't want to be, I get to not know carnival like midday-ish. Carnival starts around 11, 12 and finishes at 7 p.m. I'm not trying to get to not know carnival at like midday-ish and then by two o'clock I'm frass and somebody needs to carry me home. <laughs> like I'm trying to enjoy the way for the rest of the day. I feel like if you're drunk, and I'm saying a lot here, if you're drunk by two o'clock and you're on the floor, you're vomiting, someone's having to pop you up, you failed in life and it's a big schoolboy error. Did you ride the wave over the weekend, Guilty Beats? It was just one day. I didn't rap the I was chill. You didn't drink? No, 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 no. I do drink though, but I did I just I didn't I didn't touch alcohol because, mm -hmm. you know, I had a long week ahead. I was like, if I enter this thing now, good. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be finished. I know how I am when I'm finished, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I took it very slow. I was just going into soaking music because I've been indoors for a while, so I mm -hmm. just wanted to you went to get outside? Yeah, I just needed mm -hmm. to get some music going in, like mm -hmm. see people's like stuff and then started like getting to me. But yeah, it's fine. It was good. It was, it was nice. It was nice. It was what was your experience of this year's carnival like? I don't even go, you know. You what? No, no, no. Do you know what? What, like the ops? You wanted to avoid the ops? Nah, do you know what? I'm a good guy, man. I don't do ops in that store, man. If there's any ops, they let, you need to let me know that they're ops. Like, the I reason why know. I say that, like, it's funny in that, yeah, because people think, like, I'm not going to carnival because it's going to be trouble. And I don't want to be, like, naive here. But I feel like a lot of that, if you're affiliated, you don't go carnival anyway. You know what I'm yeah, saying? True. A lot of people, there's still people that do go, but if you're affiliated, a lot of people don't go. I'm saying a lot, but that's what that's my perspective on what I see. But yeah, continue, man. Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're right, man. If you're affiliated, boy, like that just makes you a bit more like a bit more power, you know what I'm saying? Because you never know, like one person might be like, Oh, I swear you're in a picture with my man, and then you're out there with your girl and that or something like that, and then now it's a flash and he's just like, Jesus, man. You know what I mean? You just gotta run for the hills, but um, thank God, you know, I ain't got no ops. I mean, at least I don't think I have any ops. I don't remember, I don't think I have any ops. I mean, if there is any ops, just let me know. You know my number. We well, saying wifey that day, she <laughs> said, Yo, you ain't leaving the house and she had on a certain outfit. Like, no, nah, do you know what? She, do you know what? She's calm. Like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't, she would go carnival more than I would go carnival. You know what I'm saying? And, and for me, I'm like, Right, like, my girl going carnival, I trust her. So she can go do her thing. She ain't gonna do the mad thing. So she, I've, do you know what? She didn't go because I think, um, I think a couple of badges didn't want to go. But um, normally she would go. I'm not the type to go. I've been twice and it was cool. You know what I'm you saying? You've only it was been like, twice. I've been twice, man. That's good enough I mean, for me, you man. live in London and you've been to Nottingham Carnival twice. <laughs> Bruv, it's, you know what it is, man? It's not every day man's got to go go there and start shaking up and, and try to buy a It's not once a year. I know it's once a year, but then <laughs> what's the point of me doing it once a year? Now, I'm, off, I'm off the market, so what's the, what am I going there for? Yeah, but it's not just to go there to draw a gal. <laughs> but then what am I actually going there? Like, think about it. Think about it deeper, yeah, bro. Like, man's going to... 
I'm doing about one and a half hours travel to go there just to stand in the corner and you know everything's about soak and bashment just standing in the corner and start winding up myself on the, on the pole no no no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean you, you, like uh, uh, let me say this I very rarely dance with a ting sorry mm. I just have to say it like that very <laughs> rarely dance with somebody I don't know gal yeah I don't so I respect that still you know what I'm saying so very oh, very rarely like so our vibes. I'm with my peoples. Mm. Can you understand that though? Yeah, you go, you like, go, Connie. You don't. You go, it's not all about like girls. Like, yeah, like I went for the music and like you know. So, I guess people go out there and like yeah, they want to go with girls. Some people go like what you said. People go for the food mm-hmm. and all that. So, if I mean that's not, his choice. Like he didn't want to go because he. I don't know. Do you trouble? Know what it is? Like it's not even trouble. No, like no, it's no, just no. choice. I guess. I, I just couldn't be asked. You basically <laughs> said you didn't want to go because. Maybe it might be slight trouble for you and wifey if, like, you go and you're no, caught dancing with a thing. No, 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 no. Because I wouldn't do that anyway. You know what I mean? I don't. But what do about if somebody? If like, because the girls there, if there's any time when girls get very brave, it's at carnival. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guys get very brave as well. Let's put it both ways. Yeah, yeah. But girls get very brave as well. Like, you can't go to carnival looking for a dancer, not get one. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's, I'm I saying. Don't, do you know what? I don't know how anyone could go there and not score a wine out there. You know what I mean? It's like that's the moment. That's the, if you need to get if you need to use your wine virginity, that's the place to do it. <laughs> no, facts. <laughs> it's facts. Yeah, no, no. Carnival's a place to go to learn to dance. It's true. The rhythm okay. will catch you, and girls will definitely take your hand and show you the way. Like voluntarily, like they just. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, do you know? No, do you know no, why? Do you know I why it's strange? Yeah. Do you know why it's strange? Because <laughs> this might be me saying a lot here. Yeah, but guys kind of need permission, but girls don't need permission. It's facts. <laughs> no, that's true. It is facts. No girl says, "Vaj, you want to go wine, man?" No, 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 no. The man them have to be like, "Okay, cool. Well, what's the angle? Like, what is she looking like? She on that thing? Like, what's she looking like, bro? Like, how's she whining in that, bro? Is she, is she next to a little pillar? And like, where's she at?" A man can't be picking up a gal without permission. Yeah, and I saw a lot weird, of girls it? getting picked up. No. We saying pick up. <laughs> and when you pick her up, you don't drop her. Because that's oh a whole next thing. But some people what? go with their... Like on Sunday, I went with my family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We of went course, with the young'uns and we went with like... I went with wifey. I was there at Carnival Wifey. Mm. Dancing with my gal. And if somebody tries to dance with her... Do you know the maddest thing is? I just watch. It didn't happen, but I just watch because I went, I went somewhere and I come back and someone was chatting to my girl. So I just stand back and I just let them finish doing what they're doing because I trust my girl. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Why am I going to intervene and say, yo, you're chatting to my girl? That's crazy. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? You don't trust it. Do you know what? People lose their lives with that as well, you know? I can't even lie. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Some people actually use their lives. You approach it in the wrong way. Some guy just takes it the wrong way and it just turns into a whole thing. You took it to a dark place, JB. No, it's true though, isn't it? <laughs> it can happen. For sure, for it's, sure. it's true for though, sure. isn't it? Yeah, because people are not patient. They're like, yeah, they think yeah. you're trying to catch my girl, but it's, that's not even the case. They're like, mm. I'm just trying to find out who she is or something like that. You understand? Mm-hmm. And then they'll come and be like, fight, fight, fight. But it's, it's not that, man. It's just a yeah, conversation. Sometimes it's not even that deep. Like, you know, guys will always approach like girls. Naturally. Yeah, Naturally. like mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing that I had to learn with my girl that you know, man, I'm gonna approach my girl regardless if I'm there or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. the hardest thing for me because you see me, I'm not normally the jealous type, but with my girl, I don't know what happened. She just switched flick. Mm. So with my girl now, like it's like raw, like you know, what I mean, any guy that's done that's there, I'd be like raw on a little black ops thing, like raw, like sniping. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but it's yeah. it's one of them ones where I think that's the biggest lesson you got to learn that it's gonna happen regardless. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's not that deep. You know what I'm saying? If you trust your girl, then she's gonna. Curve it, which she always does anyway. Yeah. Moral of the story, man them trust your girl, girl them trust your man them. Um, 
when it comes to Notting Hill Carnival, big up everyone that went, missed out two years. You went and you didn't get drunk, you didn't get carried home. It was a success. You hold a wine in the street, you had a dance, it was a success. You vibes in the streets, you met your people, it was a, it was a success. Because if you don't meet your people there as well, it's very hard to find them there as well. No phone reception. If you just enjoyed the day, you know what I'm saying? It was all calm. It was a success. If you found a good place to eat, it was a success. I can't See, I mean, My I brain's to, even boggling thinking about it. That's why I'm stumbling a little bit. I have bit. to echo what you're saying. If you can find your brethren at the end of the night, success. You see, the last yeah. time I went to Carnival, bro, I ended up without my shirt, but I still had my rucksack. Whoa. I ended up going home <laughs> without no shirt and a Just Do It bag. I'm like, wait a minute. How did I get my Just Do It bag without my shirt? Well, you saying that you went home nearly uh, like half naked? Half naked, but on the button, on the trains where Bear Man was just looking at man as if like, right, like, what happened to the Don shirt and that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was... It was a long journey. You say you've been putting the, the working in the gym a little bit, Carl. When I yeah, met yeah. you that day, you was wearing an Arsenal shirt and it was very tight. You know, <laughs> everyone could pull that off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, bro. Try and try that still, man. I'm yeah. trying to. You got, you got to put the rips in sometimes. You know what I mean? Okay. Can't be looking at some scarecrow out here all the time. You no, did Did you go to Carnival in a tank top, guilty? <laughs> 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 nah, I don't have I don't have those muscles, my brother. I just want my t-shirt. The muscles in the bank account with all that. I'm saying, <laughs> you know, he's laughing because he knows already. Straight <laughs> up, I'm just like, saying, bro, normal level. Just go with your shorts and t-shirt. Just mm. like pull up and yo. I also <laughs> want to say, if it was not a man's not hot thing at Nottingham Carnival, it was also a success as well because we saw people wearing big jacket. Big tracksuit oh, bottom what? and jeans oh, no. and all kinds of stuff. Gloves and ballys. Why? Bro, I know maybe you don't want to see certain people, so you might... I saw people wearing masks as well. So, like, I thought it was kind of cool, but I thought there was a reason why you're wearing a mask, though. You know what I'm saying? So, I feel like that's the new thing. Like, you mm. wear that, like... Where, like, it looks like a mask from a horror movie. It's not even the screen mask. It's like the... I don't know what you call them, but it's like a like a clay kind... Well, it's a mask. It's, yeah, it's an actual mask. So, if you if you made it out of there with your clothes on... And you was not doing man's not hot a success for you. Not in El Carnival 2022, in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The conversations on site. SK Vibe Maker, JB made it. Guilty Beats is in the building. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh huh. So let's talk about it, man. Like I want to get into some some little details before we get into mm. the production talk. Guilty, let's talk about your latest single with mm. Mr. Hudson. Yeah, um, I met Mr. Hudson. It's last- called Universe. Yeah, it's called Universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. title's called Universe. It's out now on all um, streaming platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Tidal, everywhere. Um, so that's the story behind that song. Actually, that's like the eighth version of the song. <laughs> eighth version? Yeah, because I, I, I do that a lot where I can change the beat so many times just to for it to feel right. Mm-hmm. To me, if it doesn't feel right, I, I'll keep like, changing it until mm-hmm. like yeah this is it perfectionist it's weird i'm not i, I, I guess i am because mm-hmm. i don't see myself like that but i think when i'm doing music that's when it's like i feel like i'm actually a perfectionist because mm-hmm. it needs to get to that point mm-hmm. where i'm like fully like i love it mm-hmm. and i know that when i love it people are gonna love it too yeah so we we connected um via dj Semtex in 2020 I was working on a project for him mm-hmm. and he was like, yo, I, lo- I love your sounds. I like what you do. And I told him like, I would like us to like keep working. So I sent him like a, um, a loop is like a guitar loop, like eight bars. Mm-hmm. And he did one nice big chorus on it. And I told him like, yo, you're going to hear from me. 
So from 2020, I just kept working on the song. Like I actually done like a full version, mm-hmm. and I sent it to him. He loved it, but I didn't feel like it was ready to come out yet. And so yeah, I I was on it, kept changing, kept changing, and I added. Um, I sent it to an artist from Ghana. He's called Twitch. He's really good. Mm-hmm. He's like the future. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to him. He did a verse on it, and I was like, okay, this song is getting somewhere. Then, um, you know, it kept changing, 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 version 7, version. Then when I got to this version, I was like, yeah, this is it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, I sent it to him and he was like, yo, how do you even do this? Like, how do you keep, like, making it better? It's always better than the previous one. Then, yeah, we we put it out. The video is coming out soon. Straight. Because if people hear Universe, your latest single, with Mr. Hudson and Twitch Forever. Yeah. They will notice that it is significantly different to your prior catalogue. Yeah. It's a bit of yeah, a yeah, swerving yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it's you ever like sort of scared? Because, you know, this is a big decision for you to make something different. You might lose your mm-hmm. prior fan base. You might gain a new fan base. And mm-hmm. it's that conundrum. I'm not scared. I'm actually not scared of experimenting or doing something that, I always like to blend like different genres, like elements of different genres together. So I could pick like a pop sounding tone and put it on like an Ama Piano type, like drums and have like the log Ama Piano in it. Mm-hmm. And it will make people think, oh, this is Ama Piano, but it's not. It's a fusion. Mm-hmm. And I, even though it confuses people, I enjoy that because like, this is who I am, so I accept me, Jonathan. Like, yeah, this this is it. Like, I like to put things together. Mm-hmm. So don't try to categorize it and be like, this is here or this is that. Jonathan is is music. I I want people to just enjoy what I do. Just in case you maybe are, are wondering about, you know, Guilty Beats is power. Like those couple songs that you made for Beyonce. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You definitely gave us some culture. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> saying. Really like, let's talk about how you got in with Beyonce. Okay, um, this was back in 2019, actually t- end of 2018. Actually, that's when I got in contact with them. They they sent me a direct message in my email saying that I would like to work with you. I I didn't know it was at that time. I didn't even know if, if it was a real email or it was. So I sent, I forwarded the email to my uh, my manager Nikita, mm-hmm. and then you know she did the research. I'm like, yo, this is Beyonce's thing. I was like, wait, what's Beyonce want with me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing my thing. Like, what what's going on? Yeah. So I followed up when I went to New York, met the A and R, and she's like, hey, come to LA. But at that time I was touring, so I had to come back to London. I literally spent like three days, and then just flew me back out. Mm-hmm. I was in LA for just five days. I worked on about like fifteen or something songs. Wow! Yeah. Did she record fifteen songs? It's yeah. She's more than that. Mm. She has more than like songs produced yeah, by you. Those are like fifteen. Yeah. Wow! So they're in the can. Yeah. Yeah. I, you and know, you never you know, know what's you know gonna them now. You know it's gonna come out like at some point. I you guess. think so? 
I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'm not there, but mm. yeah, at some point. Maybe. You know what I've always wondered? You see, like when like you produce so many songs for an artist mm. and they maybe release three of them, but mm. then they record 15 of them. Mm. How does that go in regards to what you get compensated? Do you still get mm. paid for the 15 songs or do you yeah, only get paid the, like yeah, once, once they get released? The, yeah, once they've chosen the songs, yeah. Once they, so once they've recorded it. Once they've recorded it, like we like this one, yeah, they're, they're, keep, they're keeping it. So once mm. they're keeping it, because JB, you must experience stuff like that as well. You work with sort of artists, like you might give them 10 songs. Say you gave them 10 beats and they record like five of them, but they only release two of them. Has it been the same way for you as well that you get compensated for the other three that they haven't used or released yet? Um, Mainly for me personally, because I'm working a bit more underground sometimes. So sometimes they can't really afford to pay for all the beats that they've had. So... Um, for me, I kind of say, okay, cool. The ones that you're releasing, you're going to pay for that. You're definitely going to use use that. And then the songs that's there, <clears throat> for me, I've pitched them out, used the beat for someone else. There's been many a times where someone's recording it, ain't heard back for them. I'm like, okay, cool. This beat's tight. Someone else has heard it. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Take this beat, boom. And they end up releasing it anyway. So for me, my compensation is that I, I still got a beat, I still got a track. So mm. I'm always going to use that. Nothing of mine stays in in the, the shelves because someone else is going to use it. Mm. Just because you don't use it doesn't mean that someone like Jimmy down the street ain't going to use it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm 100% confident in that. So that's how I kind of, you know, compensate. And like, say for example, like in your instance, say say for example, you give Stormzy five songs, five beats. Mm. He, he releases two of them, but the other three he doesn't use. But can you take the song that he's used, like recorded, and use it as a reference track to give to another artist. Can that work? Yeah, yeah. I, personally, me, I, I think that's work. I don't know. Some people might just say, oh, yeah, it's illegal, whatever that is. My, personally, me... Is that I'm, easy to do? I mean, like, do you know what? I can use... If, I'm not, if, not, if there's no money that's been made from it and their lyrics, then of course, because, you know, what, what, you've, been, what you've brought to the table isn't being used. Say, for example, me, you make a track, they might say, okay, cool, I like this as a reference, I like this point, but I don't like his lyrics. You don't. Your part of the track is done because you're not going to use the track, mm-hmm. or you're not gonna. I'm not going to use your lyrics. I might use the concept of like, okay, cool, I like this concept, and this is what we should write about. But we completely wrapped up. We completely scrapped the whole thing. But I, I like the beat. But because I came up for the co- uh, the concept, I get um, compensated. I get credits. Okay, yeah. No, definitely. If we use a concept and we said, okay, cool, this was made in the track, and you have. And you know we're going to use that subject that you've come up with. Then of course, yeah, mm-hmm. because you've done something in the mm-hmm. studio. So that could be a little percentage. That could be me paying you out for that. It can work how many other ways, really. Mm-hmm. So what about like all of these songs that Beyonce hasn't used yet? <laughs> Guilty. Like, do you have somewhat of a claim for those songs, um. and you could use them as reference tracks for if you wanted to get like Katy Perry to record one of those songs, or you wanted to get mm-hmm. like. Georgia Smith to record, like re-record and release mm-hmm. that song. Is is that easy for you to do? Not necessarily because it's Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't. Like, but it's always in conversations. Like you can always like ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. Like if you tell them, "Hey, I like this song. Okay, I want to pitch it to." I mean, she's Beyonce. Who am I going to pitch it to? But anyway, mm-hmm. just <laughs> but uh, that uh, that might make it a bit more attractive because maybe mm-hmm. the Beyonce vocals are the reference track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all in conversations. Like, there's no definite yes and there's mm-hmm. no definite no. Like, once you ask and tell them this is what you want to do, that's fine. You can, if you want, you can even take up the vocals and be like, yo, I'm using the beat for this. Mm-hmm. It's not, they're not going to be like, oh my God, no, or whatever. Like, yeah. 
all right not to get into like too much of the the business on this like particular you. thing here like but when beyonce records one of over one of your productions mm-hmm. is it as lucrative as people believe it to be financially mm-hmm. yeah it is it is yeah it is. i ain't gonna lie there's no messing about they're really straightforward like obviously um I mean, if I'm supposed to go deep, like, obviously there's lawyer back and forth, the points here, publishing here, but mm-hmm. it's not as crazy as, I don't know if anybody has said anything, but it's, it's not as tedious as people So the business dealings is. is pretty straightforward is what you're saying? Yeah, because I actually have a relationship with them, so it's not, mm-hmm. they're not trying to make it difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like, I have a relationship with the team. So when mm. when that offer comes through, like that you said mm. that initially, Beyonce's team come across to you. They send an email. Mm. They want to work. Mm. Um, so then, when you find out that it's certified, it's actually real. Mm. Do you just accept what they say, like the terms are, or do you negotiate? No, a we little negotiate. Bit? We negotiate. You do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, that's how I was telling you that is a lot of like you know points here, like you know money here, like publishing just have it back and forth like oh they'll be like okay this was this was all fine like nah this was cool they'll be like okay that's fine are you ever worried that because of the negotiation that you might jeopardize like just for like that you might jeopardize it like happening no i believe that if it's got to that point like that well the song is definitely coming out Mm -hmm. so i'll not jeopardize like that no I i won't mess it up so let, let's let's strip it back a little bit not with mm-hmm. like financial details but for example like a new producer coming in the game he might be just out here for a little while but he's making some bad like some sick productions mm-hmm. he's in the game he's got a good publicist he's got a good um publisher mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. he's he's his work's getting out there so mm-hmm. this initial contact that comes from team beyonce what mm-hmm. are some of the key steps into actually making it happen um first of all make sure you reply to that email <laughs> yes mm-hmm. and yeah um i guess let them know you're interested um they might ask you to send over like some your ideas like beats they want to hear like what you got. I, for me they had to fly me over i don't know they just like they wanted me to be there physically mm-hmm. but maybe for an upcoming producer they might want to hear I've, they've already heard just that but they want to hear other things because mm-hmm. you know they're very wide like their spectrum of music is is wide like you know Beyonce does a lot of things so they want to hear other things you can do mm-hmm. and um yeah like when you do that just wait they, they're gonna get back to you like don't feel like oh you've sent your stuff ended now like oh they've abandoned me now you want to keep like chasing chasing don't don't chase like these guys you don't chase them you're gonna hear from them. They're actually listening. They're doing whatever they're doing in the background, like Jonathan. So um, I guess patience. Mm-hmm. Once the thing is, you sh- for me when um, when I went to LA and I was in the studio working, I said, I said, look, even if like none of these songs are chosen, it means I'm doing something for mm-hmm. them to go to that extent mm-hmm. of bringing me here i felt like even if they didn't choose any of the songs i worked on i was like it's fine it means that like i need to just keep doing what the hell mm. what whatever i was doing i have to keep doing it 
So what in turn do you learn from that experience of being in the studio, working with Team Beyonce and Beyonce being there and all that stuff? There was a lot of like their work ethic, just and their attention to detail, making sure that the song sounds the way it needs to sound when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Just and they, I actually learned a lot. They they pushed me to go further than just like you know what I do normally. Mm-hmm. Just and like. We want you to tweak the beat this way. We want you to make the beat sound like reverse and say in parts of the song. Do you understand? And that was the challenge. I was like, yeah, shit, I'm taking this. You mm. understand? I'm doing this. And it taught me a lot, like even in my own production, like to mm. make sure that all the details, the fills, all high hats, however they want, like I learned a lot for myself, like mm. to. And I applied it in my in my music, and I, that I put even produce for other people. Like I make sure that it's up to standard, or whatever mm-hmm. they're feeling. So the dynamic of creative control. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they kind of tell you what they want, change and how they want it. But what about what you dictate as well? How much creative input do you no, have? They like what I do, but obviously every artist is um, they have an idea of how they also want. Like they hear things as well. Like mm-hmm. not every artist, like some artists, they hear stuff in their head and they're like, oh, um, they give ideas, do you understand? And they'll be like, oh, just tweak here or change here or maybe I put this snare here or I like this clap over here. I don't see it as a problem. I love to collaborate. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like you're taking over my job where you're telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm a very open, I'm very open. Like I just. Mm-hmm. I always try to learn all the time. Mm-hmm. So you may think that um, you think you know, like this. This is what I, would do. I I do this. I've been doing this for so many years, and you can't come and tell me that I should change the kit. I think this is kick. Nah, I think people should open themselves, and you know, you might learn something by opening yourself. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like they were imposing or trying to change my sound or nah I didn't feel like that at all mm. well, the, I felt grateful actually the producer beat maker argument has been a thing you know what I'm saying whether you just make the beat and send it to the artist or you get into the studio and you produce the artist the producer thing might take a lot longer the beat making thing might be a bit shorter beat makers have maybe less creative control producers are really in there stirring the pot what what route do you prefer, JB? I'm a producer all day, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, making beats is cool, man, but there's nothing like being in the studio creating uh, uh, a song and actually being there from the start to the finish. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like cooking. You know what I'm saying? You don't come in there, start, start making pot noodles, start saying this is the greatest, you know, food that's ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter if you add whatever you want to add to it, it's still pot noodle. Whereas if you're making a thing from scratch, there's a, there's a, a certain amount of love and attention that you have towards that song and the dif- like you said the difference is you know beat makers anyone can make a beat but to be a producer is a different thing that takes experience it takes um time it takes understanding the artist it's un- understanding yourself as- to an extent as well you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying because guilty you have your signature yeah. sound yeah. you know what's a signature sound you know when it's a guilty beat mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying despite the tag you know when it's a guilty beat mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying <clears throat> so <clears throat> it's about being a producer has been out being able to not only just find that sound for yourself but being able to have an artist be able to go in your sound and actually make that sound come to life you know what i'm saying because again it's the argument of you know 
artists actually make the tune despite what anyone else wants to say anything because the beats yeah the beats great whatever whatever but if you're chatting foolishness on the track then the beats not really going to go far is it mm-hmm. whereas if you're chatting a lot of uh, a lot of sense and you're making the broader horizon of actual what the tune is you can take the beat from sounding like any kind of average beat to an actual song because the lyrics are on point because the cadence are on point because this is on point you know what i'm saying and as a producer you get the access to be able to control that whereas a beat maker you don't mm-hmm. so for me bro i'm a producer all day i don't i don't beat make mm-hmm. beat make is cool but i'm a producer first, first and foremost yep. you mentioned something there the producer tag so <coughs> if you don't know what a producer tag is it's when a producer inserts a signature maybe at the beginning of a song where you hear their name or a reference that lets you know that it's always them like if you hear heavy trackers you know what it is if you hear j5 you know what it is they got a producer tag you hear metro booming you hear the producer tag but when you hear some of the producers from the past timberland pharrell and the neptunes quincy jones did i have no producer tag so it has become more of a thing more of recent how important do you think the producer tag is guilty beats it is important because um in these days like um I'm not trying to sound like bad, but like the music kind of sounds like similar to like people like kind of sound like similar to each other. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. It's because of like maybe trends or um, maybe this is the sound that's going. So everybody's trying to do the same thing. So um, people need tag to know that I did this beat because mm-hmm. if you didn't have your tag, it could be. I mean, if your sound is not very unique, it could be anyone that did the beat. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So. Um, at the same time, like if you've crafted yourself very well and you've like built your sound to a point where you don't need your tag, then you don't need it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't use my tag like anymore. Mm. Um, yeah. What's the reason why you don't use your tag anymore, man? Um, it's because um, I don't... First of all, it feels weird like having my tag like... In the song like that, really? yeah. <laughs> first, that's first of all. It's like, I just wanna, I just wanna like let the music flow without like um, all these like tag, tag, tag in the beginning. But that's facts, yeah. Yeah, but obviously it gives identity. Like, oh, this is the producer. This is the one that did it. But I think I've built my sound to a point where I don't really need to put like a tag out there. So that's why I just decided I'm not gonna put like a tag. Unless I feel like it, maybe it blends so well with the song, like Jonathan, like some tags, like yours, like J Five, like it blends well with the song, so like leave it there, Jonathan. Um, you can't go wrong with the guilty. Vibes. I mean, when you hear that, <laughs> you hear Hargo Productions or you hear like some of them UK Joe producer tags, you know it's. Some people just get gas from the tag. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, what about yeah. you? What, what? How do you feel about the importance of the producer tag? Some people might think it's narcissistic. Some people, some producers <laughs> just want to be stealth. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear you. Do you know what? I can see why they say that because obviously, again, it's like you kind of got to see it in like different perspectives. It's like like we said sometimes sometimes when you just have it, it just sounds like noise more time people even cut the things out already anyway sometimes you so got m1 on the beat you got mk the plug you know you what i'm saying, saying. You so you, when, especially when you have like five man on the beat bro you're hearing the tag for the whole <laughs> thing bro you know what i mean like you got oh yes yeah, m1 yeah it's hargo it's this it's this it's that by the time the intro comes you're thinking bro like i would yeah. just listen to the tune already you know what i'm saying yeah, so true. i think you know what i think it's important for identity and obviously i still put mine in whenever whenever possible but i think i've done it look more so less 
just because I agree with Guilty. More time, you want the music to kind of speak for itself. You want the sound to be unique to itself so that I don't need a tag to kind of tell you this is my tune. Mm -hmm. You want to get to that space where, like a Timbaland, where you know it's instantly, boom, it's a mm -hmm. Timbaland tune. It's the sound. that It's not the tag that's really carrying the name. It's the, it's the song itself. It's mm -hmm. the tune. So I think it's important for identity, but I think as you get older, as you get more mature in the game, as people start to understand your sound, I think you use it less. Like for pop stuff, I don't use my tag in like. So are we are we saying that maybe like the producer tag is a young man thing? I think do you know what I don't think yes. it's a I don't think it's a young man thing. <laughs> I just think I think it's something that you use to kind of establish yourself as an identity so people yeah. know who you are. Because without my tag, I don't think half the people know who I am. But I do think you get to a point where you don't need to have it as co-current because you need to get to the stage where the sound needs to carry your vote, mm -hmm. uh, carry your name. It needs to be the sound that does it. And that's the main point and the main uh, 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 point of what the, the tag's there for, just for, for identity. Mm -hmm. So once you have your sound carrying your identity, the tag there, you don't really need it like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a big distraction. Like artists don't want that on the, on the thing. Do you know how many times people come up to me saying, oh, do you know what? I love the tune, but can we get the tag off? Because you know what? It's just a bit da 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 da. And I'm but like, you say know? that you say that though yeah. because depending on the stature of the producer, you can't tell certain producers to take the tag off. Some I think I, I do agree with that to an extent. I do agree with that to an extent. I think you some think people, for example they're going to be telling Metro Boomin to take the tag off. I think do you know what I think there's some people that's brazen to do that. I think some people would. Some people would say right well, like we don't really want it on the thing. We're happy to pay you a bit more or whatever way if you take the tag off. Some people might do that. Um, but it just depends. Again, I do agree. It depends on the stature of the producer. Because certain producers, you're not asking man to take off the tag. You go to Muslim and be, oh yeah, you're unknown, but you want him to take the tag off the beat. You be like, mm. like why? Who was it on the beat? He ain't having that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Can you> imagine <laughs> it. You know they can request to like take it off, like, yeah. and they would have to understand that oh, this particular song we don't want to tag on it. And also, people fifty k. Probably, yes. <laughs> <laughs> people At least. Pay, no, you know people pay people to put their tags on like other people's songs. Like, oh, we want your tag. Really? Like, yeah. I've never heard that. Like, that. I did not um, know that at all. This guy, oh, what's his name? Oh, there's this American producer. Like, people pay him to put his tag on their beats. I've, I've had that experience before oh, where wow. people, like, they want my tag. Just like back then. And they're like, oh, we we'll just, somebody will do the beat. And they're like, well, we just want your tag on the beat. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so that that, that <laughs> makes that makes me that yeah. makes me think of like ghost producers. You know, like certain yeah. producers, people have always argued maybe like Dr. Dre or Khalid, they don't get their hands dirty as much as the yes, producers. He's, mastered. he's had that experience where people want his tag so much, they put his tag on another beat. Oh, wow. And he said, Yeah, you just pay for the tag. He didn't do the beat. But the beat sounds similar close to how his sound will be Jonathan I just put his tag on it and that's mad yeah because you mad. get copycat producers as well innit of course of, yeah because you know I mean? when you set something like you obviously have people that yeah the tag will make you go crazy though like certain times when you hear the tag I feel like the beat might not even be that good but you hear the tag another banger you go crazy yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I'm saying yeah, certain yeah, times yeah, course, you know what I'm saying so we're talking about like producer tags but also you've got producers that are somewhat of like they don't really touch the boards they more produce in regards to dictate they might get like the people in to get yes. their hands dirty or they might put together the idea are we still qualifying them as producers when they don't touch the buttons they don't yeah. play no instruments personally my personal opinion is that yeah of course they are you yeah, know what i'm saying um Producing doesn't mean that you have to always get your hands dirty. Producing just means that you know how to make the track or you know how to make the the, the, 
the project or whatever it is come to life that's what a producer is you know what i'm saying no every producer is talented in musical but then they're okay cool this is great this is great this is great put it all together this is what we got this is mm. a great tune so am i not a producer because i put all that together you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you're not touching the Pro Tools, you're not touching the um, Fruity Loops, you're, you're not touching the. But you're directing, though. They're yeah, directing. You're making sure that, okay, no, take this again. Oh, wait, oh, change this exactly. verse, put it here. But uh, don't they. The so, the so, what's the difference between a producer and an AR then? Because ain't you AR in rather than producing? I think AR in. A&R is obviously again you're putting things together but I think the A&R is not controlling the whole sound like the A&R is not going to tell, tell the producer oh yeah scrap that beat we're going to do it. the producer's not going to do but that but he could though the A&R could, could do, do that. but then see the producer walk out like, yeah, like <laughs> an A&R is telling me scrap the whole beat who, you, who are you I'm sorry but then if I'm going to if you've got an intern producer though he's going to like listen to you though listening you, like, can you, listen me- you remember you remember P Diddy he had the hitman and it was a stable of producers mm. So he might not have been getting his hands dirty, but it was the hitmen who were behind him. But then would you not class P. Diddy as a producer? Would you not class Dr. J or even Irv Gotti? Let's take it to Irv Gotti yeah. as well. Would you not class him as a producer just because he doesn't get his hands on the board? Well, this is what I'm asking That's you guys. That's the thing. I don't I don't agree with that personally because you're, again, you're overseeing the whole process of the whole track. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're just sitting there going talking to labels about this. You're, you're actually overseeing the whole project of the track. You know what I'm saying? You're you're responsible for, okay, cool, this is what it is. This is the track. This sounds great. Okay, cool, this is the, the blah, 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 X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? And you're even responsible, like Gilly said as well. Sometimes you might even come back to it eight times, nine times. A&R's not going to do that. A yeah. producer will. So you know let, let, me, let me flip it like this. Like So a lot of people always ask me about tips for getting into the game, being like a DJ presenter or like someone who does radio. I say to every presenter, you need to DJ. You know what I'm saying? DJing mm-hmm. is going to give you a lot. It's going to give you an income and mm-hmm. it's going to give you a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Now, on the producer front now, why would you want to be a producer getting your hands dirty then, making beats, late nights, mad sessions, when you can just be the director, as you said? No, wait. Because we didn't start from there. We started by getting our hands dirty. Yeah, but this new age of guys coming through, they might be yeah. like, yo, because you got like the influencers and the people that are taking the clout generation and people that are kind mm. of claiming to do things, but maybe mm. don't do it in the traditional sense. That's happening with DJing now. That's happening with presenting. Uh, and it's happening probably a lot with mm. producing. Like you've got the front person, the brand, but they're not necessarily the, they're just the director. They're, 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 they're pulling the strings. Yeah, because music evolves. Like the the system, the industry will evolve. Like, do you understand? It will always get to it that's why there's like loops splice like do you understand there's um people make loops for you to use mm-hmm. like tweak it like do whatever you want with it but they're not trying to like take money from you it's because the whole idea or the whole um, i think i guess in life in general you're gonna evolve you're gonna be something else um is it's supposed to make like production easier that's why we have all of that that's why people come and they're like yeah, they don't have to get their hands dirty, but they they like musically inclined. Like they know what sounds good and know what sounds bad. Mm-hmm. That is why they're able to be there and be like the um the producer of this track because I told the beat maker that this snare doesn't sit right. Mm-hmm. Change the snare. Jonathan, I didn't put the snare there, but I told him to change it. Jonathan, mm. I didn't put the kick. I didn't press the button to make the kick, but I told him find a kick that hits harder mm-hmm. and just to t- just to touch <laughs> on that as well i think <clears throat> that you know being able to 
you know, do these kind of things, it takes a certain art and it takes a certain skill because mm -hmm. to know exactly what you're doing, it means that you have to have some capacity being in the studio to understand exactly what you're doing. I don't think you can get to that stage of, oh yeah, I'm going to direct this person, I'm going to do this, okay, cool, I've got three men in here doing whatever, without you yourself being in the studio knowing exactly what you're talking mm -hmm. about and exactly what you're doing. I've never met a producer that gets to that level where they don't need to work with people in terms of they don't, don't need to touch the buttons without actually being in the studio themselves. It's For me personally, I think it's almost impossible for you to do that. So maybe Maybe they were touching the buttons a lot and then they eased up off of that and yeah. they assumed a different role. But I want to say, in my experience here, I feel like you lot are being quite kind, to be honest. I don't know if you're being politically <laughs> correct because in my realm of DJing, yeah, we are in an era now where the DJs can sync. They don't need to, it mixes for themselves. You know what I mean? It just mixes. You don't need to be able to manually mix or like everyone's got the songs now. We're in the digital era. So, you know, mm. you might just download a playlist. You don't have to search for the music as much. Mm. Like maybe DJs can't even mix as well. They're not mixing on bar, but like there's a vibe and they've got a, like a, a brand or they're popular. People ignore that stuff. Mm. So what I'm saying, I will call that stuff out though. I'll be like, yeah, you can kind of DJ, but you're not a DJ. It's just like, <laughs> you might say somebody can cook just because they can make an egg. By definition, they can cook something. But when we're talking about cook, we're talking about to be able to cook well. So when I feel like I want to reference a producer, I'm talking about someone who can get their hands dirty and can produce well. Mm -hmm. Just because you can kind of produce or you can kind of direct, I'm like, are you really a producer though? <laughs> so I don't know if you lot are being politically correct. Well, no, also some know how to work this like the equipment. They know how to work like maybe Logic. They know how to maybe they may not be like the greatest Logic users or they may not be the greatest F4 users, but they can sit down and maybe cut and change things around. Do you understand? They may not, they didn't do the beat or something, but they can be in the process and change things around with their minds because music is not just someone because people that don't play keys but able to like make a beat or produce a whole track mm -hmm. what would you say about that Jonathan? Mm -hmm. so um there's people that don't play instruments all these like use the computer so it doesn't mean that you're not a producer because you don't play piano mm -hmm. Jonathan. so um yeah, that's that's my point for. Mm -hmm. I, I think that. do you know what I, I I agree with your point. I think do you know what I like the fact that it's kind of challenge challenge because it kind of makes you know your mind think. Okay, cool. What is the definition of a real producer? And obviously, it's a blurred line. I think that with with beat making and and to producing, I guess for me, it's like with beats, it's it's there's a different process between beat making and 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 producing like we already established you know what i'm saying and to cross that room you have to you have to do certain things you have to be in the studio you have to oversee the project and that's what you see as a producer really and truly mm -hmm. so i guess in certain in the sense of directing your producer i guess maybe if you're not as hands-on then obviously people are going to call you out you know what i'm saying it happens you know what i'm saying and i think that you got to expect that if you're not going to get in the buttons, because if you're not doing it, then what are people going to really refer to you as? Mm -hmm. But I personally, I just don't necessarily believe that you have to always be touching the buttons to do that. And the biggest tracks that you see out there are all collaborations. Like Dr. Dre said, nothing I've done really is by myself. But then you know no one's going to call out Dr. Dre and say, you ain't a producer, car. <laughs> this is Dr. Dre out here. Mm -hmm. He's made some of the biggest tunes that you had, but he's collaborated with everyone. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So collaboration is probably more important than just doing it on yourself anyway, regardless. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need people 
to do that. You know what I'm saying? You're going to need three people that's going to be able to do that because one person is great at this. One person knows a sound that you don't know, and you click, you put them two together, and you said, "Wow, this is this is this is this is fire." And you get one more person to do that, and you've all collaborated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just maybe I guess the guy that's at the front may just have it because of the brand, like you said before. But I believe that collaboration is very important. So I don't necessarily believe that you have to be on the buttons to be able to get a track out personally. Mm-hmm. The conversation is definitely on site. If this is your first time listening, subscribe to the YouTube, you know, subscribe to your DSP and listen to regular episodes, www.knowyourselfia.com. All of the information is there. SK Vibe Maker, JB Made It, Guilty Beats is in the building. Mm. I want to talk about, you know, startup techniques for producers coming in the game. What would you say is the route that they should take? Like whether it's software or what they should be doing? I think... um <clears throat> starting up really and truly the starting has to start from the love of music man so you gotta really start from the craft really and truly you start from the craft find your craft find something that you find is when you enjoyable. say the craft what do you mean exactly so I, what I mean is that you've got to kind of start with the making of the music it's got like for me the number one thing in producing is that you've got to have the love for music man otherwise it just becomes a mundane effort you know what I'm saying it just becomes like oh yeah, I'm just going to make the beat for making the beat sick or I'm just doing this for whatever. It has to come from the love of, I love music, I love making music and this is something I can do when the times are even hard because as a producer, like you know that it, when it comes to payments and stuff like that, if you're money motivated and money's the, the sole purpose of why you're doing it, then you're going to find it very difficult to build a career because it's not like a paid job. You're not getting paid every month like mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? So you got to, when the times where things are low and the times that things are really hard for you, it's the love of music that keeps you going in this career. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> obviously, the love of music, number one, is the first start. But number two is obviously harnessing your craft. You know what I'm saying? You need to harness your craft and practice it day in and day out. You know what I'm saying? That's where you really need to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, once you've done that, you're enjoying it, you think that's, that's you know, this is a career I want to go down, that's when you can start thinking, okay, cool, you know, who's on a level that I can get beats to? Because as a producer, the main thing you need to do, especially if you ain't got nothing out, get stuff out mm-hmm. that's the number one that's the number one way people are going to understand because yeah making beats and sending them on YouTube is fine but people listen to songs not just beats mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying people don't go and say oh yeah have you heard that you know that, that new ass beat yeah 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 that's good no they'll tell you Rob what's that tune mm-hmm. you get it mm-hmm. so it's about for me when you're at, the, at a level it's about you know obviously shipping around your beats trying to get people in the studio as much as possible um, but yeah it starts from you trying to get as much things out as possible track wise so people can always refer to you because for me personally, when I started getting into or started getting a bit more reputation, it's not because of my beats, not because of who I know, but it's because of the tracks that's come out because people have used my beats. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I can always refer to it. I can always refer to it. Oh yeah, I've done that track. I've done that track. Oh yeah, swear on. You done that track? Oh yeah, let's get in a session. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's how the process kind of works. Mm-hmm. And that's how you kind of start for me personally. We are going to come back to getting your productions to artists as a producer. What would you say are some of the beginning key steps for budding producers coming in the game guilty mm. that you could advise? Um, you know, these days we've got like social media. So like, first, like what he said, um, you need to be very passionate. Like I was passionate. I've made so many sacrifices. Like my heart is in the music. Do mm. you understand? Um, so once you get that sorted out, you find yourself not getting tired of it. But so you keep like doing it every day. You're motivated. Yeah, and once you're doing it every day, you're getting better. You're getting better. You're getting better. And so um, I feel like these days we've got um, what Instagram, social media. So you can you know have a snippet of your beat, put it out there, like just you know just upload it on like socials. Like people have, I'm sure artists have found beats on people's socials or YouTube or whatever. 
I think Bob Smoke, you know, rest yeah. in peace. He, yeah. he found like beats on YouTube. Yeah, he found A Wet Mellow. Yeah, so just put it out. Be brave. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I did that. And from like, early, yeah? I, yeah, from early. I wish I did that. I, but I didn't have access to like a lot of like internet and all that. So, mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't. But now you that there's access to so many like ways to promote yourself. Mm. You know, there's beat stars like like all that, all those platforms like mm-hmm. you can, and people are gonna discover you. Like my story is different; it's, it's gonna be different from someone's story because mm-hmm. mine was recommendations. Like mm-hmm. people work with me and they love me so much, like they're gonna tell someone mm. that um, you get referred. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. do you understand? But mm-hmm. if that is not your story, you have to use all the tools given to you in this present day mm-hmm. and you have to do it so what I've taken from that is like it needs to come from a place of passion because if it's not coming from that if you're motivated by money like you want to become a producer because of the money it's going to be a stiff thing for you yeah. because you're going to have parts where it's, you've got to want to do it for the craft and the passion and be a student of the thing because yeah. that's what's going to get you through you've yeah. got to use the tools to promote yourself yep. you know what I'm saying to be able to like put out clips and all that kind of stuff yeah. as well clips, yeah. mm-hmm. like what would you say what would you say like um production tools what would you say are some of the important production tools to start up um well the program like or fl yeah the software yeah, the yeah, hardware yeah. i think fl is the most fruity loops yeah fruity loops is the one you can start with mm-hmm. um i think in london people a lot of people you started logic but i do you know, I what know. The, you said fruity loops first <laughs> yeah fruity loops was frowned upon a lot at one point it was what? It was frowned upon. It was looked down on a oh, lot. Yeah. I, I started with Fruity Loops, but I just got into Logic because um, my friend, the guy that employed me first, he was using Logic and I, didn't, I haven't had a lot. That was the first time I saw like Mac or whatever. I was like, oh, wow, what's this? And then he started like introducing me to Logic and I got into Logic so much because I liked... Um, the fact that I could actually play the keys, like I taught myself how to play the piano. Like mm-hmm. I, fe- I like the fact that I could actually play and I didn't have to do piano roll arrangements and all that, like I've played myself mm-hmm. and the feeling is different from arranging mm-hmm. like in Facts. the piano roll. Facts. Yes, Facts. and like in terms of velocities and all that I'm going to do. But in terms of like, you know when you're playing keys, like not all of them are red, like, some yeah, of them are yeah, soft, so like yeah, yeah. So yeah. it feels like you're playing like real. Mm-hmm. Where was I? I was going too deep, like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fruit. Sorry, fruity loops. Um, you can start with that. Like obviously, there's tutorials on YouTube. You can mm-hmm. you can learn how to do that. My story is difficult. I, I had to figure it out. There's no internet. Like yeah, yeah. so, right about now, what would be a key piece? A few key pieces of hardware that mm-hmm. you would advise some producers to get? Like would be piano get, piano get, get like a midi keyboard mm-hmm. like a very small midi keyboard like you can practice i, I think maybe I, I feel like you should know how to play keys even like basic like knowledge like mm-hmm. jonathan like so it will help you when you're like even like maybe placing eight ways you know what's like not in tune because some producers play eight ways and it's like off key jonathan yeah. but if you if you um train your ear by learning the keys like at least learn the basics like once mm-hmm. then from there like you can you can progress so mm-hmm. get keys get like um 
sound card you can get like all these like scarlets like sound cards, just as a starting point do you mm-hmm. understand because all these other ones are expensive just get that um get headset um, i use headset a lot like i plug yeah. in my headset to my laptop get a laptop as well um yeah i mean not everyone can afford a laptop yeah, but I, 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 I don't know if your parents are supporting you like you know try like ask them or something like that let them support you in what you're doing you know because my side was different like you know you go to school like just <laughs> yeah like it wasn't like that so like coming from ghana but um yeah so get your laptop like once you get a laptop here in london you have internet fast just you know download fruity loops and you know get like your um keyboard get headset it's literally that like and in your set yeah usb and i mean the the keyboard will come with a usb cable so and mm-hmm. that's so detailed but yeah <laughs> it will come like USB, you connect it to like your your laptop and yeah go in bro mm-hmm. like once you're passionate like people will see it mm-hmm. and once you're putting it out there like you know you have friends like when they believe in you they're, they're gonna tell someone there's definitely it's weird because the world is small so there's definitely someone that knows someone that it will connect like you know just keep your head up i guess yeah so both of you have worked with american artists and i feel like it's very different to working with uk artists some people might notice the differences many might not jb how would you say like you've worked with drake you've worked with french montana they're the kind of artists that a lot of uk based producers would like to work with how did it differ when you was working with them versus, you know, working with like RV, Central C and the UK based artists? I think with Americans, like <clears throat> it's very, um, it's very fast paced, man. I think that's the probably like the main difference for me. I think with Americans, it's like, okay, cool. If this has been said, if this is what's done, we expect this by that time, this way is conversation, boom, 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 boom. Everything moves quick. There's no like, oh yeah, we've got a little delay here. Everything's just this we've got a song this is good we're gonna use it boom this is what it is you, you want to get paid you get paid with it boom 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 done <laughs> whereas uk now you'd be like oh yeah you know bro we, 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 give us like three weeks we're gonna pay you off that one you know with this track while well, we're gonna have to come back and do this is the, the work rate in terms of like the urgency i believe that americans treat their business very urgently um and the way they work in the studio is very it's a lot quicker than it is in the uk I believe the UK is a lot more slower in the way that we want to produce music. Like, for example, when I was working on America, obviously this might not be a lot, but some people bang out like four or five tracks, dead in there, boom, track here. Oh, yeah, got the track. What's the next one? Boom, boom, boom. What's the next one? Boom, boom, boom. What's the next one? Like, all the sessions that I had, I didn't come back until about 5 a.m. And to start for another 12 12 p.m. start, boom, we're back in the studio again. So that's how it kind of works, clockwork. Um, I think UK-wise, I think we, we do take our time a bit more um in the way that we make music and i do believe like i do like the way that we kind of take our time to kind of think about the way we do music so i think with uk we take a bit more time um but i think that's like the main difference between americans and the uk U- americans they're about their business quick boom everything's quick everything's quick back. so there's pros and cons to both sides because you might say the american side you're getting things done quickly but it's fast food yeah but over in the uk you could say it's taking longer you know, it might be a bit of a ball lake, but at the same time, it might be quality over quantity. Yeah, sometimes. It, it, it depends on who you're working mm. with. I think, like, that question is so subjective to the person that you're working mm. with because 
some people in the UK are very fast. It just depends on who you work with, how you work. Again, some people might bring 20 people into the studio in, in the UK and it happens. But in America, it's normal. You know what I'm saying? So it really just, it's really subjective sometimes. You know what I mean? The comparisons, it's sometimes hard to do that. Guilty, how did you find the difference working with UK-based artists and maybe mm. with uh, artists in Africa versus working with the Americans, like the infrastructure, the system of working with the artists, the managers, the labels? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've both been in the same situation. So yeah, Americans are like quick. Like I think Africans are quick as well in recording. Like... I mean, from Ghana, Nigeria, I could do like nine songs in one night, like bang out, like even if it's not full song, like we've got a chorus and a verse, chorus and a verse, chorus and like, mm -hmm. and we've, we've got so many ideas to just, you know, mm -hmm. finish it off. Um, but here, um, yeah, like there's certain artists I've worked with and they're quick, like, you know, Miss Banks is quick, Shabo is quick, like like these artists are quick. Like I haven't worked with a lot of rappers. Like I think Head One is quick as well. Yeah, Head One is quick. Mm -hmm. Um But I can say that these like the few that I work with are quick. I I can't say. But I think my only problem is the fact that some sessions ended like ten PM or eleven. I was like, what's going on? Like why is it <laughs> Yeah, 'cause you know, back home we go like to like 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 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7. It's the same thing in America. So we just go, go in, record, and come back like the following day. And you're like, they're still active. Like, do you understand? They do, they do a lot. That's that's the difference for me. Cause We've established that both of you guys are more producers rather than beat makers. You're in the studio, you're working with the artists. Mm -hmm. How would you talk about the role of producing an artist? How would you break that down? Producing an artist could be, it is like finding, like helping the artist find their sound. Yeah, so let's say an upcoming, like someone that has no experience, you nurture them. Like at the same, you're not imposing because it needs to come from the heart, it needs to come naturally. So while they are singing, what you're doing is telling them, nah, go soft here. Okay, go hard here. Like use this tone, or use this soft tone. I wanna, I want to feel like, like this part of the song when you're singing it. I want, I want to, I want to feel like happy, or I want to feel sad. But you understand because the music is in them, they will get it. Mm -hmm. Whilst they keep like practicing, whilst you guys are recording like a lot of songs together, they're gonna get better. Mm -hmm. and you're also gonna recommend like music or oh, go listen to this person mm -hmm. go listen references to yeah like okay listen to how like they write their music or listen to how they arrange their songs or listen to how they sing when they get to this part of the song mm -hmm. so um yeah producing an artist is um yeah that's what i just explained it's, just, it's a long mm. it could take three four five years to get an artist to where they need to be before you even release their first song. Mm -hmm. you understand? But some artists are naturally quick to improve. You understand? Um, one example I can give is you've interviewed him before, JB. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's my boy. So yeah, that's your guy. I was with him, like, he started like 2019. Like, we we're just, you know, recording in the studio. We we're just like making music together, directing him, mm -hmm. telling him 
sometimes we change of environment so i got an apartment like we're there making music and it's all motivation just and mm-hmm. and yeah he's good now so but yeah straight up that's yeah. cultivating the artist yeah what are some of the roles that you've um had in producing artists or that you could have in producing artists i think with that um <clears throat> sorry excuse me i think with that with the role that i play, uh, play in the studio is that again like echoing what Ek- um Gilly said already you know what i mean you're nurturing you know, the artist, you're taking time to kind of pull your resources into the artist. That's why, you know, some people ask like, right, why is producer fees so expensive? No, 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 no. Producer fees are expensive because we're not, we're not here just playing knick-knack, paddy rack and, and all that kind of stuff. We're here to make music. We're here to uh, uh, nurture the sound that you're coming with. So in, in terms of like the roles of when you're in the studio, it's obviously, you know, recording, uh, make sure the artist is doing what they're doing. Again, you have to make sure that your vision aligns with the artist's vision because at the end of the day they are the product mm-hmm. you know I mean, regardless of what you're saying we could be saying whatever we could be producing whatever but at the end of the day who's the first point of contact from the fans to the music it's the artist that's the one you know what i'm saying so it's again you know nurturing and making sure that they get things on point make sure that they agree with what's with what we've been saying obviously directing them as well because <clears throat> no offense to all artists but some of them are like sheep you know what i'm saying because they don't know what they're, they're coming to the studio not a big bit bmt because i've been i remember i went to um i went to one camp and i kind of said the same thing and the artist was like yeah bro 150 percent i echoed this because Sometimes the artists don't want to go there thinking, okay, cool, I know what this is, this is, this is. Sometimes they want to go in there and have a producer say, okay, cool, I think this will be lit. And mm-hmm. then something just tallies up. Again, serendipity. You know what I'm saying? So there's also that. But not only with like controlling them, letting them know, okay, cool, this way it is, making the beat, whatever, whatever, creating a sound, but it's also building a relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. what Part of being a producer is building a great relationship with the artist because once you feel comfortable, you get the best out of the artist, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? No artist makes good music being uncomfortable. You tell me that, then unless they're going through heartbreak, which I, this is whatever, you know, some, sometimes heartbreak brings the best out of people, but... Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, if the person, if the artist is comfortable, if you build a relationship with them, you give it like two or three songs, you create that banger. Mm-hmm. Boom. Like for me, when I'm working with artists, the first time is cool. Second time, you know, second time's kind of great. Second time goes either way. It's normally by the third or fourth track when we're like, okay, cool. We're on to something yeah, right sounds, here. So up. you build that relationship there with the artist because you're, you're letting them feel like, okay, cool. This is a safe environment for me to be able to progress my career. And I believe that you're the person to do it with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you kind of want to. That's facts. You know what I mean? Straight. Yeah. Progress with it. Exactly. You just mentioned something there that made me think about, you know, writing and producing camps. They happen a lot with like big artists. Like say, for example, say, say for example, Rihanna, she has a lot of production and writing camps. Where a lot of producers come together, cook up ideas, sometimes co-produce and writers do the same thing. Cause Rihanna is an artist that doesn't write much. What's your experiences been like with producer and writing camps and how productive mm-hmm. do you think they are? Um, How would you break down one for some someone who doesn't know first and foremost? What uh, campus? Yeah. So camp is basically um, it's a space where we put like producers, songwriters, and um, top liners. Like people just come and sing melodies. Then someone will listen to the melody that they sang and they'll write lyrics to that. Mm-hmm. So we have like producers. They even have like beat makers. They just come play beats and leave. Mm-hmm. There's people who don't want to be there when they're recording so they're just like they don't have they don't feel like they need to be there so they just like come drop their beats and then they leave so we have camps like that where they just so basically what happens is the main idea of a camp is collaboration mm-hmm. and that's what i learned like because from back home i'm producing the whole song like this like there's no 
somebody added this to the beat. Mm. Nah, it's just me throughout everything. Yeah. So and you know, coming over to this side, I realized that wow, like people coming over to Europe. Co- Europe, yeah. People collab a lot. Like mm. it's everywhere. It's not sometimes it's one person doing everything, but most of the time there's collaboration this producer and that producer coming together and then that's how camp is formed like mm-hmm. you just put everyone in one place and you know put your ideas together that's how you get the best out like the best songs biggest songs in the world mm-hmm. you understand yeah so that's mainly the camp that's mm-hmm. what camp is basically have you had much the experiences being involved <laughs> in in camps yeah yeah no i've had um i've had experiences here been overseas been to like um, norway to do camps and stuff like that as well um, so camps is basically what he said you know it's just like a camp of people or sorry it's a camp where you have multiple rooms where people just come in there have drop beats mm. make beats um, do you think they're productive <clears throat> they are productive mm-hmm. they are you can get a whole a whole project done within one week of just being there mm-hmm. you know what I mean you could probably get 20 songs now they're down to about 8 boom that's your tape that's your tape done that's mm-hmm. what most people do can they be expensive they can be expensive. Well, most know? of the time, it's like major labels that deal with that yeah. rather than independent because, artists, right? Yeah, because the you're hiring out like you, most session, most most camps are like a week, if that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're hiring out multiple studios. You'll probably go to like good studios that have about four or five studios, so you, you can maximize obviously your time. Um, and those aren't those aren't cheap, bro. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? If you're looking at one studio, can cost you about x amount of money. Imagine if you're booking it for about four or five mm-hmm. for a week, mm-hmm. four days. So it's very expensive mm. um, and it can be cheap. Obviously you can do your own ones. You can obviously, if you've got a studio, you might just be able to hire out one or whatever. But if you want to man- kind of maximize that, especially for like major artists, you're going to go to like big studios that have bits, that have major uh, uh, complexes. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously again, you're getting people in. So you're obviously going to be paying for people's time. So producers times, writers mm-hmm. times. Um, and the label pays for that, but ultimately the artist pays for it. Though, it's the it? artist paying for it. Let's not yeah. even say it's the label. <laughs> like the label, the label pay for it first and then charge the artist. Basically, let come out of their recording budget you know what right? I'm saying like the artists that are, artists need to understand that these these things like you need to number one make your use of it because it's coming out of your budget like let's mm. not get twisted it's not the art like it's not the label like the label saying yeah 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 I'll, we'll do it we'll put we'll, it together we'll do it for you but behind there with a little div on the shoulder like yeah to the game right here you know what i'm saying don't worry about it, man you're gonna really you know what i mean this guy's gonna be spending about 2k yeah, don't worry about that we're gonna put that back yeah, on the charge you know he's gonna pay for that mm, <laughs> you get what mm, i mean mm. so you just gotta be careful man when one of these things which camps have you been involved in um i've been in um one called in the woods um i've obviously done our ff1s um a little kind of small mini camps like my but um one of my guys called aob he runs a producer camp every month mm. um I forgot the other ones I've been to. Actually. Those two first camps that you mentioned, like give some context and details about those. So the one in Norway, that was a pop camp. Um, so I went to Norway to work in, in Norway with like a bunch of people from Sweden, Norway, um, well, Denmark. So we were just doing like a pop camp for like a whole week, um, just out there just making hella pop records. Funny enough, actually one of them got released. I was quite happy about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's my, my first kind of like overseas, like Scandinavian type of track, you know what I'm saying? So I was gassed. Um, so that was like the whole concept for that. And with the FF camp, that was the camps that we used to make. That's how I met Guilty actually. Because mm-hmm. he came through with one of my guys, um, Fury, who brought Guilty. He's like, oh yeah, you know, we got a film producer, that's whatever, whatever. And that's how I met Guilty for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that camp was mainly for like drill um, and that's how I kind of gone to that's how I got my break to go to New York mm. that was from those camps basically mm. how much of a challenge is it like guilty like you come out you have more when you've come out people are more 
recognize you as like maybe an Afrobeats producer, mm-hmm. but like they don't know what you started producing in the first place mm-hmm. and they don't know what your passion is and what you do in the studio. But you're seen predominantly as a Afrobeats producer. How hard is it for you to break out of that? Like you want to produce rap, you want to produce Afrobeats, you yeah. want to venture into the pop market, you might even want to do K-pop. Mm-hmm. How, how difficult is it for you to break from them shackles? Um, you know, when you have that label on your head, it's always like hard to go to like, s- like sometimes in America when I'm there, like I could do R&B, I could do something like that, but because of where I'm coming from, they expect that they're expecting you to do this. And I'm like, bro, I'm way more than just that. Do you understand? Um, so what I do, what I'm about to do is that I'm about to put out a project where um, I'm showcasing what I can do because I have that thing in me where I feel like if you don't think I can do it I'll show you that mm-hmm. I can do it mm-hmm. and I put out I put out projects like I put out singles I put out stuff and people obviously they're gonna judge on based on what you've released before mm-hmm. so that's why I said I'm gonna produce I'm producing like an album for myself mm-hmm. and it's gonna showcase things that I can do mm-hmm. you understand yeah, so it's difficult, like because of the whole you're Afrobeat producer, you're Afrobeat producer. But uh, I produce my own music, so I'm gonna do that. What's the future for Guilty Beats, man? Um, looking bright, yeah. Um, looking beautiful. I'm happy where I am now, and you know the future is now. So if you're happy now, that means you're gonna be happy mm. for Stay the next. On. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm happy where I am. And it's looking dope. Like there's crazier things coming. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What's the future for JB? I mean, the future's looking bright as always, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if it's not bright, then what? What are we really doing out here? You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, what's it looking like? What? What detail? What are the details? So details wise, I'm just kind of working more. Um, I'm kind of getting back into it because I took a little bit of a break um, from music for a while. You know, when you get like burnout and so many other personal things at the same time was happening. So I'm getting back into it now. Sessions are flowing in. Um, so for me, obviously, I don't like to talk on you know what's going to happen. You know, what I mean, if you see it, you're going to see it. Um, but I'm just been in loads of sessions. There are diverse sessions as well. So you can go from like alt pop to K pop to reggaeton to Afro to all kinds of things, you know what I'm saying? So I'm looking forward to being able to broadcast, you know, broadcast more talents to towards other people mm-hmm. and then eventually I mean my, my, my main thing is to become an artist myself. So to do exactly what Guilty's doing. Mm-hmm. Start producing my own tracks. Um so that's obviously something JB featuring <clears throat> exactly yeah. yeah because you know like on on the on the on a side note thing um i feel like producers need to kind of start thinking more like artists you know mm-hmm. because there's millions of producers bro there's there's like millions of beat makers so how are you going to stand up from the average joe you know what i'm saying it's by being able to kind of showcase that okay cool i can make my music this type of, this is the way i want to direct my music because again as much as producing for artists is whatever there's still a limit because you're still having to cater to them because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. their track. But mm-hmm. as yourself, bro, if I want to change this, you ain't got no saying nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want it this like this. This is how I want it. Mm. This is whatever I'm gonna do. This what this how long I'm gonna take on it. And it's my personal, my personal spirits put into that music. Now let me ask both of you this then: How much of a challenge is it for you know as a producer to go down the DJ Khaled route of having an album? And they're all your songs, like it's you featuring the artist, like having a star-studded lineup. How how much of a challenge is that, Gilly? Um, it's hard. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie because 
um curating the songs like getting the artists like most of these artists they want the songs for themselves because like you know you produce a song like you produce maybe like five songs and be like you know i like this song i'm gonna put it on my projects then some of them are gonna be like uh, you know i wanted this song to be on my project i'm like i'm also like releasing my projects you understand mm-hmm. some of them there's a lot of, like back and forth like with them and some of them are cool they are fine like yeah you, yeah you can have this for your projects you understand but it's hard like getting like the artists I, I, feel, I, I don't know if it's um I, I don't like use bad words but it's just weird because when it's for not for them mm-hmm. it's more like oh, okay i have to come out for him mm-hmm. Justin, and I don't want to say like they don't respect you or anything, but it's like yeah, well, artists are very self-centered. Yeah, do you understand? It's like I'm in the studio all night, like producing for you. I just need you to do this, and you're like, okay, I, like you're dragging your feet, and like, mm-hmm. do you understand? It's just that's the challenge. But eventually, they do it. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? And yeah, that's that's the challenge. But mm-hmm. I'm very like like goal-centered mm-hmm. like i'll i'll get it i don't i don't care if you're being difficult or not i'll i'll You'll go get i'll get it mm-hmm. yes, i'll get the track out of you mm. and you know you like me i like you like you know we have a relationship and we'll keep recording regardless understand? i find a similar dynamic when it comes to like you know doing my radio show djing and i, I play a lot of artists i support them a lot but when yeah. it comes to the support back yeah do it's you find true. the dynamic is a bit like more one wayish for you, JB, as well. Like Absolutely. where you'd be producing for these yeah. artists, but when you want something back from them, yeah. like you want to put together a DJ Khaled project, a JB made it project album, that it will be a lot more challenging than yeah, it has yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Because if that if it was that easy, man would have had a project out like, like mm-hmm. last year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it, it it happens. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, um, not even an offence to artists because it's not even an offence to artists because, again, like, if it's a project for someone else, okay, naturally you're not going to be thinking, okay, cool, I want to give that same effort that I'll be giving for my own music. It's just human nature, you know what I'm saying, charge it to the game. But, honestly, yeah, artists can be self-centered, bro. Like, artists can be very self-centered in the sense of, like, okay, cool, like what you said, you know, I'm making tracks for you but then I'm asking drop a 16 on my thing it's like, you're asking him to go and bring the, the, the whole mountain in that, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's this it's a bit, it's weird. The dynamic's weird, but then I guess in a sense, you just can't, you can't get mad at it, man. Like the biggest thing you can do in this game is just don't take things personally. You know what I'm saying? If that ass is going to do, if you're going to be an ass about it, don't worry about it, man. Get someone else. Simple. Crazy. <clears throat> Listen, it has been an education today. SK Vibe Maker, JB Made It, Guilty Beats, on site, the conversation. You get me? Knowyourselfrighthere.com. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate right, it. Thank you, bro. Thank you very much. Solid. On-site podcasts, industry experts, unfiltered opinions. Log on to www.knowyourselfrighthere.com to watch or listen to the big catalogue of episodes on the Know Yourself Right Here network.